Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Narcelli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. No, why don't I start? Okay, go for it. Okay. Welcome back. <laughs> that was way too much. Erica trying to do my job. <laughs> Welcome back, pursuers. Last week, nah, man, you do it. No, nope, let's do something. <laughs> take it back, take it back. Your turn. Just do it. <laughs> Welcome back, pursuers. We hope you're having an awesome week. What's up with you, Erica? How you doing? While you're sipping this, what are you sipping? I am sipping on a protein shake. Mmm, what flavor? <sighs> okay. It's chocolate with some oat milk and a hint of strawberry. Nice. Do you like protein shakes? Yeah. David buys this protein powder. It's a vanilla and a chocolate, but I'm not a fan of the chocolate, which I love chocolate, but not in a protein shake. Because, this is why, because I feel like when it's a chocolate, a protein shake, and I'm actually mixing some fruit in it, it messes up with the flavors of the actual fruit. But when it's in vanilla, you can taste all the flavors. Yeah, no, it's grown on me. Mm. I'm doing it to supplement a meal, yeah. not like a snack or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just like I'm really hungry, but it's <laughs> delicious. <laughs> okay. I mean, I like chocolate milk. I do not like chocolate milk. Fun fact. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Huh. Ava doesn't like her chocolate yeah, milk. No. She prefers the vanilla milk. That's because she's like her titi. I guess. <laughs> Anyways, um. let's get started. So, Pursuers, last week, Narcelli had asked me how my soul was. And I'm not going to lie. I was oh, taking back. Oh, it's <laughs> I feel like I'm not as... I'm ready for the question this time because last week I was not as ready um why did that question mess you up i think because it's it was beyond the surface level question right like i couldn't necessarily talk mm. about my day like how i went about my day it was more about like my inner thoughts or feelings so it was a little bit more than i had anticipated you asking me but i will say i know it kind of caught you off guard yeah so. you totally did but something good came out of it because after that uh, episode narcelli and i thought that it would actually be really good to talk about this because i reflected on your question and i thought it was such a blessing to have a friend who truly cares about my soul like not very many people mm -hmm. ask me that question but the fact that you did like meant a lot. Aww. I So I talked to Narcelli about it, Pursuers, and we're like, we should do an episode on this, like going deeper than just those sh mm -hmm. superficial conversations that we have with our friends. And how do we get there with our friends? Yeah, no, that's good. And I am also really grateful to have the friendship that we have because I am blessed to say that, you know, we don't have a surface level relationship. And I don't know about you guys, pursuers, but have you ever had a friendship with another Christian that feels like a little bit shallow and you want to take that relationship to a deeper level or that friendship to a deeper level, but you don't really know how to do it, what to ask, what to say? I really feel like Erica and I do have a deep friendship. And today what we wanted to do was share how we've developed our friendship over the years. And our goal is that as you're reflecting on the relationships that you have, 
number one is that you may celebrate the those deeper friendships or if you don't have those deeper friendships then hopefully some of the things that we reflect on will help you take that friendship with your friend to um to deeper waters so yeah and i will say that so narcel and i basically tried to dissect what makes our friendship go deeper like what actually happens to help us get to where we're at so some of the things that we're sharing today are basically what we had jotted down as we were kind of discussing it and trying to figure out what exactly we've done to try to get it to this point so i'll kick it off with the first one because i think i would say i don't know necessarily would you say that this one's maybe a prerequisite for some of the other things i don't know yet (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So clearly we did not think through this that much. We just jotted them down. But vulnerability. Yeah. Like just the fact that we're mutually reciprocating a level of vulnerability, uh, being honest with each other and sharing things that may come across that we're a certain way. It might be emotional. We may be in sin of some sort, but we're open to sharing where we're at at those levels and trusting each other in that. Yeah, I was thinking about your question about a prerequisite. (laughs) I think the prerequisite is just knowing Christ. So just for the foundation of, I guess, this conversation, because we did talk about like friendship with unbelievers versus friendships with believers. And I mean, I think that vulnerability is something that you can have with non-believers as well. I think the prerequisite is is knowing Christ in the context of this conversation. However, I don't know that you can take a relationship deeper unless you are vulnerable with another person. Because it would be like me volunteering information about myself to you, Erica, all the time and then getting nothing from you. So it's like you get to know uh, the deep, literally the deeper parts of me, the the beauty and the ugly parts of me. But if you're not reciprocating that to me, then our relationship might feel deep on my end, but I might feel like you're shallow. And that's one of the things that I love about you is that I know that I can come to you. I can literally be naked and not physically, y'all. Spiritually naked. The way we're supposed to walk before the Lord, I feel like we should be able to walk with our Christian friends in that way, our deep Christian friends that way. So it's a prerequisite to the prerequisite is what that is. Yeah. I think it's just a prerequisite to build a relationship. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So that's what I would say. Yeah. But I love, what I love is that I get to know the deep from you and you get to know the deep from me because you're vulnerable with me and I'm vulnerable with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the second one? I am going to say the second one is asking the right questions like, how's your soul doing? (laughs) (laughs) True. I'm totally going to say that's the right question. I don't know that I've ever asked anyone that question. I genuinely don't know where I, I got that question from. But I think it's just not just asking the right question, but also trusting in the motive and the character of the person asking the question. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you're better at this than I am. Uh, no, I would say that you're the same. I mean, I think the I like that, that the motive is one that if I'm asking you a question, you're not going to take it as a way for me to come in and like, what do they call it? Like Bible thump you, like just put you in your mm-hmm, place mm-hmm. because of it. But it's because I genuinely are, am curious of where you're at and whatever the topic is. 
and vice versa. So being able to ask those questions and then at the same time uh, being able to receive questions without assuming some type of motive. I've trialed and aired this with new friends before and one of the times that I did I had asked, you know, because with someone who's not as willing to talk about faith, it is a actual effort for me to bring it into the conversation. But I want it to be a part of the conversations. I think at this point in my life, I really want to make sure that I'm producing good fruit with all of my friends and my friendships and um, being able to glorify God in those. And so I asked somebody uh, the question of like, so how do you, how have you seen God working in your life recently? And the response I got was kind of like a deer in the headlights ish slash like, oh, is that what this time is supposed to be about? Or like, are we at this, like, is now the time where we're supposed to insert God? And so I was taken back by that, but I realized that I perhaps maybe jumped the gun on asking that question or when to ask that question. And so, you know, it's, I say all that to say, you may not get it right the first time around, but at the end of the day, the goal is to go deeper and to find questions that relate to your friends a bit more, to try to go deeper into how they're really feeling or how God is working or intertwined with whatever they may be dealing with and bringing them back to those conversations about thinking of a godly way or a godly perspective. Yeah, and I think understanding, Erica, which I think this is another thing that we talked about, that friendships take time. I I know I was thinking about the fact that when we started doing this podcast, we feel like we reached a new level of relationship. Yeah. And we're learning parts of each other that we hadn't learned um, (laughs) from before. It's like marriage and it's like knowing the Lord. It's like every time you spend time with the person and you connect and you're listening to them and you're asking questions and they're listening to you. It just allows the relationship and the connection to go deeper. Uh, But it's not necessarily something that happens overnight. I mean, you and I have been friends now officially for 18 years. And I mean, that's a long time. Like Erica has seen uh, my highs and she's seen my lows. And so again, it's just, it's a process. And I think part of going deeper in relationship requires that um, not only that time passes, but that you spend time connecting with that person as time passes. Because you can't foster a relationship if there's like zero communication with the other person. Yeah. So not only questions, but I'd also say the next one um, would be godly counsel. Like basically sharing the truth boldly, but gently and really honoring wherever that person is at. Because I guess as your friend, you know, having another friend, you've got to understand that they may be coming in from a experience of brokenness in other relationships, and they may not know how to formulate a good, strong, godly relationship with a friend. And so I say that to say, I think it's important of giving grace and loving despite some of those rough around the edges parts of your friend. Yeah. So (laughs) I feel like this is the distinctive, right? So like, uh, and I think this is maybe why I was struggling with the vulnerability question, Erica, because I feel like you can have a deep relationship with someone who's not a believer or believers, you know, non-believers like have relationships all the time. But what makes a 
a unique relationship and friendship with another believer is godly counsel. So it kind of boggles my mind. <laughs> I'm smiling because before I even finish my thought, because this is where Erica's gift of mercy really shines because I'm about to say something, but I already feel convicted because like I hear you. And I just heard you talking about like people's brokenness. And like, I don't think that way. Um, Because like my gift is exhortation. So I'm always like basically warning people to like, like seek God, right? Like that's what I, that's sort of what I do. I'm I'm the Paul in the relationship, you know? <laughs> so, but I think that these two things can coexist. And so the point that I want to make is that I cannot imagine a Christian relationship going deeper without godly counsel. I mean, that is a distinctive of a godly friendship that people have to be godly, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, maybe the person who makes get a little irritated when that other Christian's always bringing up God. Well, what else am I supposed to bring up if we're not seeking God and his wisdom and we're not seeking counsel, then then go find yourself a friend who's not in Christ and let them give you advice, right? But what makes this relationship unique is that. And one thing that I say all the time is like, and this is why I love the church is because I have all kinds of relationships and friendships, but there's only a few friends that I'm going to call whenever I need something serious in my life because I know that they're the only ones who can bring me from the pit of hell to the presence of God in a matter of seconds is the godly friendships. They're the ones that can pray, which is the other the other piece of this, you know, to take your relationship deeper. We have to be able to to discuss God's wisdom and give and receive godly counsel. But we also have to pray. Uh, we have to pray uh, with each other. And um, I think this is something, Erica, that you have taught me and you do really, really well. So I'm going to let you kind of share what are some of the things that you have done in taking those relationships deeper? Something I learned from another friend, so I picked it up from her, was um, she would stop immediately if we were sharing something and she's like, okay, we're going to pray right now. And we like literally went into prayer right then and there, which I wasn't used to because what we're usually used to saying is, well, I'll pray about that. Like, I'll be sure to pray about that. I'll, you know. Yeah, I'll pray later. I'll keep you in prayer. Yeah, That's what I'll we say. I'll in keep prayer. you in prayer. Yeah. I'll keep it in prayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which not saying that that's awful, you know, like, you know, there's times and places, but if you're seeing somebody who is going through something and they need prayer, the best time to do that is then and there. And so Narcelli's seen me do this, but it, it's, I think it's important that we pray immediately and also making sure that we pray later about it. So doing both, um, just showing that you care. Yeah, and I uh, was thinking of scripture, which says that the prayer of the righteous avails much. Um, there's another translation that says the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. And again, this is the distinctive. Um, this is the opportunity that we have when someone says, I have this struggle to immediately say, okay, let's go ahead and pray for this struggle. The other thing is the confession. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. So there's healing in yeah. that moment. And it's like, why wait till later to do what you can do now? Yeah. To that point, one of the things that came to mind when thinking about this one was somebody who's allergic to something and they just got, let's say, stung by a bee and um, they run to you and they're like, I just got stung and you have the EpiPen. 
And the difference between <laughs> praying now and praying later, it's like, yeah, I got you. Like, I got the EpiPen, but like, I'm going to do it later. Like, let's get to the hospital and then I'll give you the EpiPen. As opposed to sticking the EpiPen right then and there to create that relief, that release that they need. And so same thing. When someone's coming to you and they are in a point of distress or pain or whatever it is um, that they're struggling with, and your EpiPen prayer is right there, give them the EpiPen. Give them the prayer. Take that time. Take that moment to just simply go to God together and um, and get that healing. Yeah, that's really good. There have been times where like I might text Erica because I'm praying for her and the Lord gives me a word or something or she might do the same thing. I have other friends that are like this. They'll be praying for me later about a situation that I, that I brought up. And then all of a sudden, randomly, I'll get a text saying, hey, I was praying for you and, and the Lord gave me this word um, and it's a Bible verse or something to encourage me. And I've done the, I do the same thing for other people. And it's just, there's something beautiful about knowing that your friend is not only following through with what they said they were going to do, that they're thinking of you and praying for you, that they're seeking God's heart for your situation. It's like that, to me, that's like when friendship goes deeper. It's like when you know that you're genuinely not walking this life journey alone. Yeah. And I also didn't say that sometimes when I know they can't talk on the phone, so they're going through something, but they just can't speak at the moment, I'll take the time to actually write out my prayer. And that way it it gives them the opportunity to read over it and still receive that blessing. And it also shows how much I am taking the time to like care for them in that way. That's good. And it's something they can refer back to um, in those other moments. That's really cool. Um, Another thing I would say that I know has really deepened my friendship with Erica has been uh, trusting that whatever we share in confidence will stay in confidence. And so I think that it's really difficult to take a relationship deeper, especially when you're being vulnerable and you're sharing deep thoughts. Um, But then you can't really trust that person to to maintain that information to themselves, you know? Um, And so that's something that I personally really value. I know that Erica knows she can come to talk to me and, you know, there's, there's things that we know we can share with others. There's things that we know we cannot share with others. And so, um, and I don't know that we've ever had to tell each other what those things are. I mean, as we've nurtured our relationship, we know what's private and what isn't. Yeah. Um, but just knowing that those things stay within our friendship, it's really important because even, I know I sound a little bit rough sometimes whenever I'm talking about like godly advice and things like that. Y'all, me and Erica joke a lot. <laughs> so we're, we're serious and stuff like that. And we obviously think, take the things of God very serious, but at the same time, we have fun with each other and we share really intimate things, you know, and sometimes they're not pretty. But I think what it has done, having that friendship with her and the ability to be vulnerable in that way has also allowed me to come to God in that way. Because sometimes we have this like view that like God, you know, is so far from us that we can't come to him in that way. And so I feel it's like vice versa. When we come with vulnerability and things like that before the Lord, then we can do that before our friends and deepen our friendships with them and then vice versa. Yep. Yep. Okay. So another thing that I think is important is humility, which can be hard, especially in our relationship. Which I'm super humble. (laughs) 
So Narcelli and I'm I... I'm really good at being humble. <laughs> well, neither am I. I mean, that's why we get so sassy with each other, like, all the time. No, I, I'm actually good at it. I'm really good at being humble. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> forgiveness, which I do really well yeah. when she's not humble. Um <laughs> Is something that I think is just really important. So, I mean, ask yourself if you do have a friend, how many times maybe s- step on a, I guess, a trigger, a, a line, my, yeah, say something that may be hurtful on accident or joke, go a little too far, didn't realize they were. And, you know, having the humility and understanding like we're all human, we're not perfect. And then with that, forgiveness and being able to forgive somebody, I think that's extremely important. I mean, God forgave us, and therefore we're obligated to forgive those who trespassed against us. We're also obligated to ask for forgiveness. I think that's a big part of the humility because I think that, yeah, it, it works both ways. We have to be humble enough to ask for forgiveness when we're the the offenders, but then also be willing to give forgiveness whenever we we see. And this is something that my mom and I talk about all all the time. And when my mom was growing up, she wasn't really allowed to have a lot of friendships. And luckily, she didn't raise me that way. But I know like she was raised that way. Her mom was raised that way. And so till this day, like my mom's never really been able to like form a deep relationship with with anybody. And so she's always kind of shared with me that she loves that I've been able to do that. And like she loves seeing the friendship that I have with you, Erica, the friendship I have with other friends. And so one of the things that me and my mom talk about is that it's like my mom over the years has, um, you know, like if someone does something that's like offensive, like she might write that person off. And I don't know if it's like a defense mechanism or whatever. But then she's pointed out like I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I over, it's not, it's not overlooking. Like, I just love my friends. And I think part of taking your relationship deeper with something is understanding, like you said, that people are flawed. Like, I'm flawed and I'm grateful that you forgive my flaws and, <laughs> and that, you know, that you're able to capitalize on my strengths, that you see something greater in me and, and vice versa. And, um, and so, yeah, sometimes we do and we say things that, um, you know, that might be hurtful. And I think just being able to have the humility to correct that relationship and to defend the unity of your friendship is really important. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Something that I hadn't thought through um, that just came to mind right now mm-hmm. is also like, because I was saying defending unity. I think especially with women, there has been a tendency to, I hate using this terminology, but I can't think of another one. Like the cattiness, like I I know you and I, uh, Erica, have other friends, right, that like we have deep relationships with. And um, I think one of the things that we do really well is like we don't get sucked in talking about other people and like putting other people and other women down. And so I feel like we're able to know that like, just like I won't do that about another friend or I'm not going to do that to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just helps like building that trust and that friendship. Yeah. All right. And the last one is seeking wisdom and who God wants you to build relationships with. So as me and Narcella were kind of thinking through some of the things and dissecting our own relationship, one of the things that I noticed was the assumption is very quickly that it is someone who you choose to have a friendship with. But oftentimes I do feel that God also calls us to go outside of those circles and become friends with those who may not have friends and may not have those same tendencies that you'd like to have in an easy friendship, but because we are also called to be the light and to show others and disciple others into what the body of Christ looks like. 
it may be God calling you to build a friendship with someone who you don't even know. So I think that takes seeking wisdom in asking God who he wants you to be friends with. Sometimes God will prune our friendships, those who maybe are not good for us for whatever reason. And then there are others that God is calling you to become friends with. That's really good. And I also wanted to point out that um, today's focus is on how to build friendships with believers, right? So maybe um, another day we'll talk about, you know, how to how to take those relationships with unbelievers because that is part of our story, Erica. I mean, you were my friend um, before I was a believer. Um, and I think that there are a few things that I would love to at some point share with our pursuers as to like what were the things that I saw in you and maybe the things that you saw in me that helped us um, build that relationship in addition to the fact that obviously God had a divine plan for our lives. But um yeah. yeah, for sure. But but I still think that there are a lot of people in our churches who are very new Christians. So they may still have oh, yeah. residue of the world. I wasn't contradicting your point. I wasn't contradicting your point. Okay, Perseus, this is the sassiness that I deal with <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't say you were contradicting Why are you so me, defensive? Why are you defensive? <laughs> I forgive you because I'm humble. You know what? I don't think we should be friends anymore. No, but yeah. I mean, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear because I think sometimes we assume, right, that everyone in a church is mature enough to like already know how to do some of these things. I mean, one, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if that was the case. But two, just being cognizant also that there are a lot of, um, hopefully, uh, new believers that are um, coming to the body and that God is calling you to help disciple them through friendship. That's really good. She's absolutely right. There are people in our churches who are at all kinds of different stages of spiritual development. And I think like part of uh, going deep with our friendships is like honoring the season that someone's in and then um, allowing time and God to just like, um, you know, nurture that relationship. So I hope that you've learned a little bit about how Erica and I work, and I hope that it is fruitful for your life. As a reminder, please like and subscribe to our podcast so that we can continue getting content out to others. And please, if you are thinking of a friend, please make sure that you forward this or share it with them. As always, we hope you have a wonderful week, and let's stand for truth, pursuers.